Gambling Glass, and I implore you to show me your news. Show me the news. And now, from the Super Smash Brothers Capital of the World, SmashNexus.net proudly presents Show Me Your News. Episode 55. Uh, wow. We apologize for the crappy mic. Yeah, it's not the best one, but, you know, we'll try to make do with what we have here. Yeah, yep. Um, Yoko here, back from home in Troy for the weekend. And here joining me is... He isn't really a veteran yet, although some people think that he is. It's my brother, Sword Hunter. I have my own place in the SMYN family, and, uh... Mostly out of convenience. It is definitely, a, con- it's definitely a convenience factor. It um, works. Because you guys don't understand how difficult it is to get guests and plan ahead of time. And it's like, oh yeah, i got a podcast to do. Yeah, so uh, by like a day's notice, like, hey, you're going to be on the podcast. Like, um, okay, let's do this. Here's an outline. You're going to do research. And what is on that outline? We'll you know, be doing a little chatting about what we're playing recently. It'll be a little brief thing. Then uh, we'll go into the gaming news. Got a big national Smash Brothers tournament to recap. Indeed. And uh, some big news on the Pokemon front. We'll talk about that. Also, Zelda Wii. I think Pokemon and Zelda Wii over these next few months are going to be dominating the airwaves. And we'll touch a little bit on that. Also, Apple made a big announcement. They said it was almost comparable to the iPod. But, hmm. uh... Change of vowel, and there might be some similarities there. We'll talk about Nintendo and their possible involvements with uh, Project Natal, or what could have been. And, uh, you know, Rock Band Network recently launched, and they have some certain rules for vocals that they have. Also, we'll talk about the recent releases. We've got uh, Mag, No More Heroes 2, Darksiders, Bayonetta, to you know briefly touch on. And then we're going to go in our top headlines, two big games for two different consoles that just came out. We've got Mass Effect 2, which you are, oh, in, are in love with, oh, and man. then we got to touch on the next big fighter for the Wii, and it's the only significant 2.5D fighter that's actually a, a good one for the Wii, if you don't count Naruto and all that. Yeah. It's Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Yeah, very impressive. And then we'll go into some mail time, we'll wrap it up. It'll be a fun time for episode 55, Yoko and Sword Hunter, bros podcasting it up. Yeah. So... What have you been playing? Well, I think it's been pretty obvious with you know the conversation that we just had. I'm about uh, just shy of 20 hours into Mass Effect 2, and I don't even know if I'm halfway through it yet. I mean, it's an enormous game with you know a whole bunch of you know replayability. Um, I was a huge fan of the first. Uh, there have been a number of changes. You know, some I do like, some not as much, or like don't care for as much, but. There's no denying that it is an amazing game, um, that a whole bunch of work has been put into it, and overall it is a very impressive, you know, piece of work, um, art even. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say enough good things about it. Two discs long, we're going to be going to your, into your full thoughts later in the episode. Absolutely. But have you been touching on any other games, really? Um, I mean, I've been playing, you know, a few here and there. I was getting ready for Mass Effect 2 by doing another ma- uh, run-through of Mass Effect 1, of course. Um, I'm probably going to be replaying some PC games soon. I'm thinking of touching back on Crisis. Um, 
And, uh, I don't know, there's, uh, there are a few games I haven't touched on, um, like, uh, Assassin's Creed, I think I only just started, but never got too back into, so I'm going to have to, uh, jump back into that one, at least. Mm -hmm. How about you? Uh, well, I still have Kingdom Hearts to make progress on, uh, for those that played the game before, I'm kind of just in the Tarzan level, and just, it's, you know, very annoying to, you know, have it try to be a platformer. So you have to, I'm at this part where you have to, like, jump on these vines and, like, oh, go to, like, vine to vine. And just the jumping mechanics in, in this game is very bizarre. And, like, it does, like, the battling well. But when it tries to be a platformer, it's very, very frustrating. Yeah. So I'm just, like, at a standstill in Kingdom Hearts. Um, I do have my other PS2 games to go through. Absolutely. Um, Number of good titles there. Definitely. And... I was actually giving a Heart Gold Soul Silver another run, right? Because right. that's you know, in a couple months that'll no less than a couple months that will be upon us, mm -hmm. and uh, you know just trying to get used to that before we actually get it in full English cartridge and all that. Month and a half. With, yeah, month and a half with the Poke Walker that actually just got confirmed for America. Awesome. <laughs> so you get to transfer uh, what that is for those that don't know, you get to transfer one of your Pokémon in Heart Gold Soul Silver over to this little Pokéwalker device that it communicates with an uh I think like an LED sort of thing that's actually built into the DS cartridge, really, which is, you know, really special, you know, kind of. Um so it communicates with that one of your uh, you know, Pokémon is transferred over to this Pokéwalker. There are different environments and uh it's like a pedometer for every step you take. It's one point of experience, and you can also find specific Pokemon only in the Pokewalker. That is weird, it, but it is kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know, we'll see how that plays out. Absolutely. Um, so that's what we've been playing. It hasn't been much. My personal life has just been all over the place, and especially with school revving up, you know, got stuff with like a, a TV pilot class, or you know, sitcom TV class that we have to write a TV pilot for. By the middle of next week, we'll see if that, uh, I have a TV pilot that I created that I get to work on. Yeah, it'd be kind of awesome. It would be uh, very, very busy. So I guess we should get to gaming news. I suppose so. Um, so Pound 4 was a big Smash Brothers tournament that took place in Maryland. I want to say it was a couple weeks ago. The results threads is from the 18th of January. So yeah, it was about a, a week or two ago. Not bad. And uh, so, you know, Brawl and Melee, we, we should touch on Super Smash Brothers since that was like the main purpose of this podcast originally. Um, so for singles, for Brawl singles, guess what, guys? A Meta Knight did not win. Gasp! No way. It's shocking, I know, and we're about almost a year, or maybe a little over a year, after the, uh, the Meta Knight debate episode 41, and still people are wanting to bring up the Meta Knight debate issue, and there's it's a big feud. It's like nothing has ever changed. But uh, ADHD won Brawl singles with a Diddy Kong. And if you've ever played a Diddy Kong in Brawl, it is hell on a stick if you don't know how to deal with it. For those that you know have never faced one, if you got two bananas going and you're a Diddy Kong, oh yeah, it's... It is awful, and as long as, you know, they don't use their smash attacks early, you get high enough damage, and those attacks will do a lot. But it's it's mostly the Nanner's silliness. I was just going to say Nanner's silliness. 
But, I mean, there is, you know, an argument for the Meta Knight um, banners, if you will, that if you look down at the rest of the list, um, maybe, like, within the top ten, there is Meta Knight pretty much on almost every one. I mean, it goes Diddy, Meta Knight, Snake Meta Knight, Meta Knight Lucario, Meta Knight, Meta Knight, Meta Knight, um, Alamar, Lucario Meta Knight, Meta Knight, Diddy, Ice Climbers. Hey, I just noticed that Ninja Link and Lane got ninth. Indeed. Oh, they got ninth. Those are the uh, two, the Diddy and Ice Climbers at the end. But yeah, Mewtwo King with Meta Knight at two, Allie with Snake and Meta Knight. I mean, Allie primarily uses Snake, but I I heard from, uh, the, from people that he was playing Meta Knight just, you know. The thing is that um, when you play competitive Smash, the only way to really know a matchup is to, like, actually know and play the characters so that you know his strengths and weaknesses. Right. So, you know, Allie, to play better against Meta Knight is, you know, starting to pick up Meta Knight. And plus, Meta Knight is very easy to just pick up and use and be good with. And that's pro- part of the problem here. Is that like, was the draw from the beginning, yes. See, ADHD, you know, played a whole bunch of different Meta Knights, whether it was, you know, money matches or, you know, friendlies or in tournaments. And, like, the only ones that, from what I read, that he, like, you know, lost to was Tyrant, who was a great Meta Knight for a while. But, like, that was the only one. So, he says that he's figured out the Diddy Meta Knight matchup. And, you know, that's... It's just people haven't really done that. People haven't really gone forth there. People just are more used to saying, well, I can pick up Meta Knight because he's easy to pick up and I can do well with him. And so I think that's where his, you know, over-dominance in the competitive scene is coming from. Oh, yeah, but there are definitely cases like ADHD where people definitely overcome that boundary of, okay, yeah, I mean, Snake is easy, I mean, sorry, Meta Knight is easy to pick up, but can you play against him? I mean, uh, figure out all the uh, the strategies to work against him and all. And we've seen ADHD and Ally both do that uh, pretty effectively, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Rounding out some of the top eight, we've got K-Sizzle as Meta Knight and Lucario, Shadow 111 as Meta Knight, Michigan's own Judge as Meta Knight, uh, Havoc as Meta Knight, Logic as Olimar. And that rounds out the top eight. So yeah, it is primarily Meta Knight dominated, and that's you know the main that's the main thing that Meta Knight banners have going for them is that they're worried, and like we've talked about on Show Me Your, New- Show Me Your News before that um, Meta Knight's dominance overall in the competitive community is not a matter of him being too good, it's a matter of him flooding the competitive scene, and it just basically boiling, boiling down to a Meta Knight versus Meta Knight matchup, and that's all Brawl is good for. That's the only real reason and real argument that uh, Meta Knight banners have for banning Meta Knight right now. Yeah, at this point, yes. After all, um, we've seen people, as I said, pioneer other characters, but people are just tending to... Know, lean towards Meta Knight, and there is really no way to, you know, limit that in tournaments. I mean, the organizers can't really tell you who to play. It's like, oh, sorry, there have been 30 Meta Knights you know, registered so far, you can't use Meta Knight. So there's no way to limit that in competition, so it's just from within we would have to do something. Mm-hmm. Rounding out the doubles results for Brawl at Pound 4, we have Mewtwo King and Alley taking top place. That should, should have probably been a, a dominant win for them. They're two of the best. Uh, at two, we've got Adamisk and Lee Martin. Three, ADHD and Co. 18. Four, DM Brandon and Shadow. Five, Ninja Link and Malcolm M. Five, Chew and Candy. And seven, we got Hunger and Judge. Wisconsin and Michigan there. And seven, Boss and PS. So those are the top eight for Brawl Doubles. But actually, Melee had a very strong turnout as well. Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, plenty of uh, people registering for this tournament. And, uh, you know, a few uh, still well-known names 
deciding to show up for Melee, so it's good to mm-hmm. see that community is still going strong. Pound 3 was one of the last massive Melee tournaments, and so Pound 4 is no exception, especially being on the East Coast, you know, just a big draw, you know, smash-wise out there. So Melee singles, we got Mango, of course. Mango is the one who's dominating the scene right now with Jigglypuff. Uh, rest combos galore are, are impressive if you see videos. And then HBox, Amsa, Armada from Europe, who made a, a big scene at that last tournament that the name is escaping me right now. <laughs> um, I thought I heard that name before. Yeah, Armada, who is a Peach player primarily, was giving Mewtwo King a run for his money at, at, the, at the last major national Smash Brothers tournament. Um, but he was at number four there, and then Mewtwo King at five, along with J-Man, Lucky, and Zoo at the top eight. Um, you know, solid results there. Um, I can't say that I've been, you know, as much in the melee, you know, scene as the brawl scene, but, you know, seeing Mango at the top is really no surprise. Um, how about you do the top eight for doubles? Absolutely. Um, we have Lucky and Mango for, uh, the top spot for melee doubles. Uh, number two, Dark Rain and Silent Spectre. Um, number three, Izor and Dr. PP. Uh, four, Dark and Hacks. Five, Aniolis and Armada. Five, Chu and Vidjo. Uh, seven, V-Wins and Bam. Also at seven, Tope and Sirene. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll have, uh, there'll be more, you know, national tournaments come, especially this summer. I know of a couple that are starting to become in the works, so okay. definitely look forward to those. Um... But yeah, these national tournaments are like big indicators of, you know, how Brawl is right now. And one year later after our Meta Knight debate, Meta Knight is still an issue. I was going to say, uh, have you been noticing uh, with Melee tournaments that are going to be coming up, um, are they leaning towards a certain region? Like you said, this past one was East Coast. Are they tending to lean towards East Coast, or are they still as spread out as they were before? There's going to be another big East Coast tournament. I know that... Um, I think these these two ones that I have in mind that I can't say really much about are going to be on the East Coast. Okay. Um, so, you know, if, if you're on the West Coast, you gotta got to make a hike if you still really want to test your might yeah, in the, the uh, SoCal Elite Four, in the national brawl scene. Right. Um, but let's go on to the next topic for gaming news. Uh, this, <laughs> is, this is quite a surprise a couple days ago. I think you knew it was coming. After some time, but, but it's just in what form is the question, or or when? Do you want to give it a, an intro? Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, Nintendo is obviously pushing several of their um, major franchises lately. We're going to talk about Zelda Wii soon, but uh, news just broke recently about a new Pokemon series that is going to be coming out, um, following Diamond and Pearl and all these. Uh, it's not necessarily the confirmation of Generation Five, but they do say. That it is a completely, you know, an entirely new Pocket Monster series. So whether that be something, you know, diverting from, like, you know, Mystery Dungeon, or something along those lines, I don't think uh, Pokemon Snap 2, unfortunately, but just something completely new that is in the works, um, heading for the Nintendo DS. Um, you know what? As, as a big Poke fan, I can say that Mystery Dungeon and Ranger can go burn in hell. Honestly, they're like the worst spin-offs of all time, and I haven't even played them. I'm not even going to give them any time. Don't care for them. But, uh, no, this this is, by all accounts, and it still has yet to be absolutely confirmed, but if you go check Bulbapedia, which is, you know, one of the top Pokemon, you know, communities yep. in terms of gathering information. I know there's, there's Cerebi.net, which is, like, very official, but Bulbapedia is, you know, the top uh, Pokemon Wikipedia source. 
and they have their news, and they have like the translations of um, the actual Japanese announcements by Junichi Masuda, okay. who is the director of the main arc, like the main Pokemon games. Yeah. So like he is one of the top founding members of Game Freak, and so like an announcement from him pretty much almost guarantees a fifth generation without actually saying so. Right. There is going to be a Koro Koro. We, <laughs> oh, man. we, we love Koro Koro because of, of all the, the Smash Brothers news that they gave us. But you know, Koro Koro in February is going to be releasing a magazine, likely with details about this next game, as well as some information about the Pokemon uh, Phantom Rangers Z movie. Ooh. Which, if you've seen the trailer, is basically like there's an evil Ash. And yeah. that, that was all like they gave away. But there are talks that maybe, uh, you know, because... Pokemon has a tradition, when they release a new generation, that they have certain Pokemon that represent the generation before it's actually out. Right. You have had Generation 2, it was Ho-Oh, Meryl, and Togepi that were, like, promotionals. Oh, absolutely, yeah. In Generation 3, you had at least Blaziken, and, oh, there was definitely another one. But Blaziken was definitely another one. Um, Generation Lucario, 4... Oh, no. Lu- Generation 4 is Lucario and Manaphy. Manaphy? Okay. Manaphy yeah. was definitely out there, you know, before the actual game was. So they like to, you know, leak certain uh, characters, certain new characters, and have them be, like, kind of like the promotional, like, we'll toy with them. We'll we'll put them in the anime before, like, the, the actual game even comes out. Right, right. They, they like to do that. Um, Start familiarity before they pull the trigger. Right, right. And um, they, they are... They're hinting, or, you know, it's, it's rumored that Korokor is going to make an announcement that one of these types of Pokemon is going to be in this Pokemon uh, Z movie. Okay. Um, but that's just, you know, the word going around right now. Um, you know, there's really not much we can say about if it is going to be a Generation 5 sort of thing. Um, but I right now have, you know, plans in the back of my head for Show Me Your News that in uh, mid-March we're going to have an episode that is fully devoted to Pokemon <laughs> with the Heart Gold Soul Silver release yes. and um, I think we'll take the time until then to like plot out like what what we would like to see in a generation five game if it was out there and um, you know other other sorts of things. So um, you know just keep that in the back of mind. We'll have a, a big Pokemon fest coming up. Maybe I should get like Ninja Link or someone like that, oh, there are definitely sources around that can give us some good information. But yeah, it's going to be a very interesting time for that franchise, um, and we will just have to wait and see what they decide to leak to mm-hmm. us. Although apparently on February 7th, uh, the Pokemon Sunday TV show like that they have in Japan, uh, Junichi Masuda himself is going to be going, coming on the show and making an announcement himself. Goody. So the last time they had a big announcement like that was announcing Heart Gold Soul Silver. We okay. all remember that they had you know some of the footage, and they're like, oh, "You can your Pokemon follows you around, oh, so that's no it. <laughs> and all that. So um, you know, we'll we'll wait in a couple weeks, and we'll you know touch back in the next episode of Show Me Your News, see where they're at. Looking forward to it. Uh now the our other favorite franchise. Aside from, you know, simply Smash Brothers here at Show Me News is the Legend of Zelda franchise. And uh, recently, the popular Japanese message board 2chan, let's not correlate them with 4chan at all. Different. They reported, you know, this is coming from the Weir.com, like the wire, but two eyes, like the Wii. 
Uh, it's reportedly posted a plethora of leaked details on the upcoming new Zelda Wii title. The leak reveals that time travel will play a role in this game, with Link being the hero of time. <laughs> uh, the leaked details were spotted by an IGN boards member who subsequently translated the Japanese details into English. It is worth noting that prior leaks by 2chan have proved accurate, including every Kingdom Hearts game, Metal Gear Solid 4, Resident Evil 4 and 5, and every Square Enix RPG. Um, you know, Zelda Informer also notes that 2chan broke the details of Wind Waker's story in 2003, roughly two months before the release. However, at this point, these are all unconfirmed details. This wasn't, like, the biggest story. I mean, like, it, you know, came out on Kotaku and, like, clicked the link, and it's, it's fascinating to, like, read what, like, they have, you know, supposedly in store. And we're happy to break this news for you. We'll, uh, go back and forth. Uh, what's up first? Sword well, Hunter. first one is a very major fact, um that helps it uh, separate itself from the past uh, games. Uh, reportedly, this game will diverge from the established dungeon-field-dungeon dungeon gameplay style that has been you know, native to Legend of Zelda for a long time now. It's something that you know, people have been looking forward to seeing, uh, rather than just you know, a, chain of a change of scenery. But if this, uh, I'm, this was, in fact, confirmed. So um, we're going to be looking forward to seeing how they use that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Zelda director for, you know, at least the past couple of games, Eiji Aonuma is, you know, the one that's been talking about this a little bit. Um, and yet, it is an important distinction to make. And, you know, when Panda was going in his lack of faith with the Wii, he was saying that, like, they need to revitalize their, uh, you know, franchises. Metroid Other M is another example of, like, this, that's a good step in the right direction instead of just, like, you know, doing some, you know, revamp, not like revamping, just recycling of stuff. And this, this is interesting to see, like, how they'll progress with it. Second one is, you know, you can select whether you're right or left-handed, and Link will have the same handedness as you. That's an interesting programming uh, thing that they decided to add. Um, I mean, it makes more sense um, for both kinds of players, whether you want to uh, maintain classic and have Link be left-handed no matter what, or if you're just more comfortable being right-handed, you have that option at least. So if that uh, decides to be, then it's a very interesting uh, idea to add. It's what they have to do when they've talked about, you know, Wii Motion Plus that'll be implemented in this game, and it's not like they're going to flip the world based on what choice you make. Oh, no. That would be ridiculous, but it's just to... They have to, like, center, you know, the Wii Remote, and, you know, when people who were left-handed had to play, you know, as... I don't know how they actually went about it with the uh, the Wii and Nunchuck, Wii Remote and Nunchuck with Twilight Princess, but this is something that they, they pretty much had to do, and it's a good choice that they make. I'll agree with that. Um, well, a uh, other note to mention is that the basic mechanics and gameplay elements are actually done, and what they're working on currently is uh, items like the story, the dungeons, and developing other characters that are there. Um, notedly is that there is an innkeeper in the town where Link lives, and her son who looks up to Link. He better not be a pain in the ass like, like Colin. Colin. <laughs> oh, man, I hated Colin. Colin was, like, the worst part about Twilight Princess's story. He's just like, hey, I want to be like you, Link! And just, like, ah. stares up at you awkwardly, and it's like, oh, go away. He was so short. All those kids were just way too short. It was, it was creepy. I was... Uh, <laughs> Steve, the Master Sword girl... I guess what they're deciding to call it. Oh, uh, because we remember from the promotional image where... Uh, there was, like, uh, you know, Link was standing, like, with his back, and then there was, like, a fairy sort of thing who was, like, 
the Master Sword, kind of. Yeah, there's a face, at least. I don't know why they say Steve. Anybody who's unknown is especially Steve. when, Especially when it's <laughs> Steve. <laughs> LK for the win. Yes. But, like, Steve and the Master Sword girl, I don't know. But, like, he's not the Master Sword. And as of now, there are no plans for Link to get the Master Sword in the game. Gasp. Despite in- him being the hero of time. Very interesting. Her name is Aderu. Maybe Adele, but I think it might be Adela. Rough translation, can't be sure. This is a note from the people at the Weir. Um, so, Aderu, uh, she's not your typical companion like Ezlo or Midna, in that she's rarely there with you. What you see in the piece of concept promotional art isn't her real face. This, what? <laughs> this isn't just like a bunch of, of nonsense that, like, maybe this there might be a character named Aderu in the Japanese version. And it'll get some crappy English translation. Um, but yeah, so... It, it's just, right now, kind of like a, a what <laughs> kind of thing. So it, it's not really very clear at all. Um, they do say, at least, though, that uh, despite not being the Master Sword, Link's main weapon is a sword, but with different unlockable abilities, which Aderu uh, communicates with you through. So I guess that's her you know, medium in which to communicate through you, um, albeit... No, uh, not very frequently, but at least, you know, we know he is wielding a sword, and uh, I imagine that a lot of the same items will come back, um, but we'll have to see about that. Hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely take it over, you know, a fairy floating around and being... Navi? Yeah, being yeah. Navi and obnoxious and all, all of this. Um, yeah. So horseback combat is back. With a more intelligent Epona that is better at avoiding obstacles. That's great. Very because good. Because controlling Epona was not that fun in Twilight Princess, especially in the, uh, was it, the, the Ganondorf battle, and you just had to, like, stick with him, and, oh, on the bridge, when yeah. you had the, that's the part I hate oh, about Oh, that Twilight was the Princess. worst, yes. That was probably the worst, I don't want to say the worst part of the game, but. It was obnoxious, an option, yeah. blah, 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 blah an obnoxious part of the game when you had to like go back and like make the quick move and then slash and be like joust without a lance. You did yeah. that twice. A couple times, yeah. It wasn't just once. Uh, but but it's good that we have a smarter Epona. Absolutely. I mean smarter characters uh I mean help define the game itself, make it seem more realistic. We don't want to have, you know, this horse holding us back. Usually so, makes for a better experience. That's absolutely. For sure. Um, it is also worth noting that the character models for Link, Epona, and the Gorons have all been modified and touched up, uh, but they're not the only ones, they say, suggesting no, no Zelda or Ganon, or entirely new models for them. Uh, it's also possible that they just weren't mentioned for whatever reason. So they leave that to the imagination, but uh, a couple confirmations on new changed models. Yeah, I mean, we have seen that Link looks a little bit older, which is nice. Makes it seem a little bit more mature, even if it doesn't really deliver on the rest of the mature content. Growing up a little bit, yeah. <laughs> the Buzzsaw says in the chat that Ganondorf will return as a Raichu. I would be looking forward to that. <laughs> Link, I'm gonna give you a body slam! <laughs> well, I didn't say Lieutenant Surge, but that'd be kind of interesting if there was a Lieutenant Surge Raichu character. would have to have that voice. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right you, right, right, right you, Link, right you. <laughs> little short thing walking around and has this crazy deep voice. It's always classic. And then Link will be like, so you'll speak for the first time. 
and say, Pikachu, go! <laughs> We're just like, what? <laughs> Memories shattered. <laughs> a Link Pokemon crossover would be like the worst thing possibly imaginable. If maybe that's the uh, the new Pokemon uh, game that's coming out, it's uh, that a crossover between. <laughs> we have solved so many problems here on Show Me Your News, and the latest one is that the next Pokemon game will feature characters from The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Absolutely. You get to play as Link, or Zelda, and you travel around the world called Hyrule, and you go into the eight dungeons, which used to be called gyms, and then the boss are called the gym leader, and then you battle Pokemon with the bosses. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be, that'd be awful. So, like they mentioned earlier, uh, Link is the hero of time, presumably grown up after Majora's Mask, but it didn't say. I think it'd be a, an appropriate place to continue, um, you know, the messed up storyline that The Legend of Zelda has to just put something after Majora's Mask. Okay. That, that'd be a, a reasonable place for this game, sure. They are some of the, you know, I guess better thought of games overall, the Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask uh, N64 series, so to have them branch off of that one rather than any of the others is a good thing to see. Um, but what does not help the timeline is that there is time travel. So, though he didn't really go into it at all, but there is going to be time travel in this game at some point. And uh, also there is the fact that the game does not take place in Hyrule. That's an important detail. Very important. Um, because that, you know, the Hyrule games are like usually like the top one, like the, the cream of the crop games, you know? Yeah. You got, you know, the original, you got Link to the Past... You got Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess. Like, they are defining games. And to have it not be in Hyrule, like, yes, good games still can be made, but not, like, the defining games for Legend of Zelda. So, we'll see that, um, if, if it's just going to be a sequel to Majora's Mask, in essence, and how it will go about. That, yeah, that's what it's looking out, um, turning out to be so far, just a sequel to Majora's Mask. Um... Some people here didn't seem to like that game so much, so, uh... I think it's a good game. I just hate the game. So, we'll see if this <laughs> There's a difference. Wins your favor. There is a difference. Any better. Um, but yeah, so... You know, they used GDC, the Game Developers Conference, in March last year to, um... You know, announce Spirit Tracks for the DS, which actually was, you know, was getting pretty good marks. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, coming up in a couple months, they still have yet to announce, you know, actual pictures... Actual video footage, an actual title, all of that. And speaking of pictures, as a clever segue on my part, thank you very much. Very well done. Um, so, this guy here, what's his name? Zelda fan Ryu Gi, Ryu hyphen Gi, G I, yeah. used uh, Gary's Mod, a PC utility which allows users to import and edit game characteristics using Valve's Source Engine. Very good. And so, basically, took, you know, Twilight Princess models and other sorts of things, and basically made it look like if Zelda were in 3D. Or, I mean, not just 3D, but... Or, I'm sorry, know, HD. HD. That other one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's already in 3D. Um, but now, these, these screenshots, if you uh, look on Kotaku, and it's the 2010 Zelda of your dreams, um, these screenshots look incredible, to be honest. Like, it is, you know, the the game of our dreams. Even if the uh, the number eight one is, he's you know holding Zelda's hand. Zelda looks really creepy. Yeah, it's not really, really creepy. Even if she's got like 
her hands on his chest, just like, oh. But, um, I think the only problem with this could possibly be is that people will stumble across these on random websites, mm -hmm. and they'll say, these are the screenshots for the next game, and this is not true. And there will be face palms aplenty. But, uh, there are, and these screenshots are very well done, and, of course, people could easily, uh, make that mistake. Especially when you look at, like, 6 and 7 here. That oh, yeah. Like he's, you well, know, not 7, because there's blood. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But that'd be Mature awesome. Zelda. That'd be awesome oh, my God, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it's the gallery you need to check out if you're uh, a Zelda fan. There are some uh, very, very well done pictures in here that, you know, we would hope could kind of be in a game, but, you know, it's just... Uh, Wishful thinking, but very well done, believable in other senses, or just like a, that would be so cool if that was real. But it's not for this uh, this upcoming 2010 Zelda Wii game. Nope. Uh, more news to come on that in future episodes of the podcast as it becomes available, but uh, that's all we've got for now. Now, Apple, on the 27th, Ooh. had a big uh, press conference, and it was basically to discuss... There, uh, it was like basically the tablet conference. Okay. You know, the Apple tablet was, you know, talked about for a while. They're like, when is it going to come out? And you know, they actually like set aside a date, like a week in advance for this. And people were like, ah, this is this is it. And you know, when uh, people were like filing in there, and they were comparing the kind of thing to uh, back in October twenty third, two thousand one, when they announced the iPod. Really? Yes. Well. They really didn't change much from that name. Well, as say, did they hold up to that? In a sense, but... Because the 7.47 by 9.56 inch tablet is called the iPad. That's okay. alright, you can you can let the tampon jokes run aplenty, as they did on Twitter... I cannot talk today, by the way. On Twitter and the internets. Yes, though Twitter would be interesting. A winter-themed twin oh. Twitter. See, I almost said it, too. <laughs> I almost did, yes. Well, because I was saying both. But, yeah, uh, it's going to weigh um, a pound and a half, and um doesn't really seem to bring too much to the table. It just kind of looks like a uh, larger iPhone, pretty much. I mean, um have uh, Wi-Fi models, um, 416, 32, and 64 gig, uh, running for 499, 599, and 699, and uh, 3G um, versions, you know, Increased by like $120 or 130 um, for each of those three. You got you know some online plans for 15 bucks for 250 megabytes of data per month or 30 bucks a month for unlimited data. That's the problem. Like I would love to have an iPhone, but the data plan is just so expensive, taxing. Yeah, and it's it's it would be worth it, but like not when you're short on cash. Uh, so it's got like a 9.7 inch uh, diagonal LED backlit glossy widescreen multi-touch display with IPS technology and 178 degree viewing angle. Sounds like a TV. It's a uh, 124 by 768 resolution at 132 pixels per inch. Um, you got 16 gig, 32 gig, or 64 gig flash memory, 1 gigahertz Apple A4 chip, uh, 10 hours of battery life. Or when you know surfing the web on Wi-Fi, watching video, listening to music. Um, I, honestly, it's a big eye touch. Yeah, so there's nothing else here that stands out. Um, and there, yeah, like the battery's pretty good. 
Um, it's the larger screen. Uh, it's fingerprint resistant. But, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of the same, it seems. It's just, why? Because they can. They, they love to make money, and I know a couple of you who will buy one, no matter what, but, like, just, you know, having an iTouch, like, an iTouch is great to have. And, you know, for, like, the, the couple, a few hundred dollars that it was worth, like, yes, yeah, it, it was worth it, especially when my iPod was, you know, taking a dump and, like, not, it wasn't good at all. Yeah. But it's the portability that, I mean, really helps the iPod touch. And uh, this being, yeah, like, you know, seven and a half by five, nine and a half inches, not as portable. If it was going to be an actual tablet, like a Mac tablet PC, it would be way better because you could do many things. You could totally imagine, like, you know, using, like, the, the fingers to make it bigger and smaller on, like, different windows and multitasking at the same time, but that's not what this is. Not abs... And not at all. I mean, it's you can see this processor. Uh, it I I can't really talk too much of the processor. It doesn't look the best. Um, it's good for a phone. It's yeah. not good for a computer. Oh yeah, there's nothing. It's just not built for all the uh, all the uh, applications that we would want out of a computer kind of thing. Yeah, it's a phone, but no multitasking. Well, I mean, it's it's not a phone. You can't make calls with it. Yeah, that's, that's one of but, the main differences. But like, it's yeah, it's. A phone spin-off trying to be a computer and failing terribly. Yeah, they're only going halfway here, and it's, like, rolling back down the hill. It's not making it all the way up. So, that's the iPad. I mean, we don't we don't touch much on, like, Apple kind of stuff, but because there are gaming implementations, I mean... There is an accelerometer in there, and you'll see screenshots of, of like... People, a, you know, moving it to... Play as a wheel, like, for a racing game, but... No, it's just not going to work. Like, people are not going to buy it. For games. And it's funny, anything. like, when the iPhone came out and it started to have games, like, you thought it would really take off, you know, back in the day. And here we are a couple years later after the iPhone, the Jesus phone, as it were. And, like, they recently added, you know, Versus Play for their games, okay. which is good for them. But it's it's just not taking off that well, I don't think, in my opinion. I mean, Buzz is also pointing out in our stickam.com slash smyn chat where we do our live broadcasts, that it's got, yeah, it's got no removal battery. See, this is where I'm just, like, failing. I'll, 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 take, I'll take it. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, no removable battery, um, which is something that so many people have wanted yeah, Apple to do. once it takes a crap, it's worthless. you got to send it back, and then you're not going to get, like, yeah, a reef. You can't pry it open yourself. Um, if it's trying to be a computer, then it would need USB or FireWire connections, which this one does not. Um, uses an ARM processor. Uh, that's what I was saying with the uh, the one gigahertz um, clock speed. There, it's looking like a kind of netbook processor, like you know, a ten-inch laptop. You know, not you know, made to handle so many things. And that's basically what it is. It's like a netbook processor, and no Adobe Flash, which I thought I heard, but I was, wanted to uh, confirm. Yeah. That with no Flash capability, that's that's pretty lacking. No camera, but no, you don't need that. It's it's just yeah, it's. It's trying to fill a niche that doesn't need to be filled. Yeah, or it almost, like, doesn't exist. I mean, like, they're... It doesn't exist for a reason, because it hasn't been needed. Yeah. It's either you're going, you're going portable, or you're going full-size powerful. And you don't need to go halfway, and people kind of just like, oh, it's, you know, it's kind of like a folder that you can do stuff on. But it's like, no, it's not worth it. Yeah, if it could, like, fold up into, like, a little bitty thing, and then, like, you could put it in your pocket. Like, that would go... 
<laughs> That'd be interesting. But Pull like, out, it just flips out. Yeah. It's just like a thing that'll be there. Yeah. Eh. Not worth it. So here's another some interesting news about you know very pricey technology that's on the the way in the future. So this is about Project Natal, the uh, the Xbox 360 motion sensing and voice sensing technology that'll supposedly be out by the end of the year. Um, so what has Nintendo done about this? Well, you know, Iwata, or no, I'm sorry, it's Reggie, uh, Reggie feels a me who... Phil's AIM. Phil's AIM, who is the Nintendo of America president and COO. And, uh, he mentioned that they were very familiar with the, uh, the Project Natal technology, and he's personally seen a lot of iterations of similar technology. So, like most of us, Nintendo is very suspicious about what Natal can do. They saw it in action, and they're not a fan. So, Nintendo, uh, so Microsoft is going to jump on this bandwagon and try to take it as far as it can go, and it really hasn't proven it itself yet. See, even the PS3 motion controller, from its, its simple demo at E3, has already proven itself more in you know, an actual game-functioning way than Project Natal has. Project Natal, you know, had Milo, and, like, that was interesting that it could, you could have, like, the picture, and he recognizes certain things about the picture, and then he takes it, and it's, that, that's great. But what's it going to do for gaming right That now? almost seems gimmicky. Yeah. yeah. Where, uh, PS3 has definitely good applications for gaming prospects, and they actually showed those. Um, whether, you know, with the bow and arrow, there's a sword fighting, uh, use it as a gun, um, kind of thing, so, and that was a long time ago. And they actually displayed that. When they were actually writing, just the complete precision of it. Incredible. Very impressive. So, um, Nintendo basically looked at that and said, no, we don't really want a part of that. Uh, we already have, you know, our motion sensing, and we're not going to take a chance on that. So we'll leave it to Microsoft to work with. And we're already making tons of money, so... Why huh. fix something that isn't broken? Uh, if they... I, I'd, I'd like to point out that, um, if they... If they did use uh, Project Natal and have this hands-free, no controller, no nothing, they just spent all this time developing the Wiimote, the Wii Balance Board, and all these other accessories that you use with gameplay that are not really controllers, but kind of. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't make sense for them to ditch the controllers altogether after they put so much work into this technology. Especially when Iwata you know, notes that they saw this technology at, at the end of 2007. So this was one year after it was released. And sure, like there have been different peripherals that have been released since then, like you were saying. But it was all about the Wii Remote, and they're not going to go ditch it for hands-free stuff. Absolutely not. So that's you know, Nintendo's way of uh, you know, talking about that. And is, um, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, Iwata also made some statements about the iPad. Did he? Just to go back and, and touch on that. I didn't hear this. Um, he wasn't, like, you know, a lot of us, he wasn't that impressed. Because, you know, he was talking about that, like, you know, they don't really didn't really make any advancements, that kind of thing, like they're talking about, you know, with similar rumors like, you know, Wii HD and all that sort of thing. Like, he doesn't think, like, those minimal, you know, changes would merit everyone, you know, actually going buying a new console. And then yet it's kind of funny that, you know, the DS is making all these, like, changes, like, it's changing the case, and then it's, 
you know, becoming bigger and all these minimal things, but yet they still buy a lot of it. But it's only just a little bit bigger. They're not, you know, making a notebook-sized Nintendo DS. But so because it, that's what they're yeah. focusing on. It's still like the idea. Oh yeah, you know, the other thing was like adding a camera in it. Yeah. Oh DSi. But like, I don't know. It's a little bit of contradictory words from Iwata. Like I, he's he's totally right in that you know Apple isn't making any major changes here, but. You're one to talk, Iwata, with, you know, your handhelds, so... Now, uh, what can you do? This is an interesting story here. The, the Rock Band Network recently uh, launched and went public. That's the uh, thing that we talked about, you know, several episodes ago on Show Me Your News, where... Well, it might have even been when we were doing our, our video stuff. Possible. Where people can, you know, make their own songs, live, master tracks, and all that, and then for paying about $100 per year for an Xbox uh, developer's sort of fee for the community games. You get uh, you know programs that allow you to chart your song in Rock Band and also for vocals. So that's the thing. Like It's not like Guitar Hero where you create MIDI tracks and all that. It's You actually have your song, you chart it all out, you send it to Konami, and if they like it, they'll put it up on their Rock Band service for download, and then you make a 30% cut of uh, you know the money that's paid for the downloads. Oh, yeah. Very interesting prospect, and uh, it's uh, seemingly a good idea, something that a lot of people w want to do. But, of course, there's a catch. There is a catch, of course. So when, you know, you're, uh, you have, like, your lyrics, and they have to be rated, you know, whether it's for everyone, it's for teen, it's for mature, there's a, we can't go into this list greatly because, you know, we try to be, you know, family-friendly friend here on Show Me Your News. But, um, there's a list on uh, Kotaku, the Rock Band Network's very naughty words. Naughty, naughty. It sounds like it should be said in a British accent. Naughty words. And, um, so, we can say, like, the following language and subject matter will flag content for a T rating. Infrequent use of common swears. Ass, crap, damn, bitch. Occasionally edited based on context. Bastard, and so on. Um... Direct and infrequent reference to sexual acts. Um, you don't have to go, you know, there. It's <laughs> Yeah, we'll leave that one out of the show. Um, allusions are masked otherwise to sexual acts. Infrequent references to illegal drugs or drug use, alcohol, smoking, and or substance abuse. And allusions masked otherwise to physical violence, war, suicide, bombings, etc. Following language subject matter is okay for Rock Band Network. Infrequent... No, you read this. Okay, please. you read this. <laughs> Okay, is infrequent use of minor swears and other questionable language such, that, such as darn or hell, etc. Masked allusions to physical intimacy, for example, uh, the Black Crows song uh, Hard to Handle with the quote, Baby, let me light your candle. That is... Okay. Uh, direct reference, mask allusion, or threat of mild violence is what they're going. That is all okay. Uh, leaving... The rest to the imagination of, yeah, for, to warrant an M rating, um, yeah, frequent use of common swears is strong language, um, usually in conjunction with other strong content or subject matter, uh, use of strong common swears, explicit or frequent reference to sexual acts slash anatomy, uh, frequent reference to use of illegal drugs, uh, direct or explicit reference to extreme, violent, physical, and or sexual acts. And of course they give a list of all these different words 
that they wow. are not going to allow. I mean, this is an impressive list <laughs> that they took the time <laughs> to collect this. And some of these, we have no idea what some of these mean. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Do you know what that is? I do not know what a. Uh, let's see this again. Let's see. <laughs> the, under the uh, the sexual explicit or violent list, there is one called a spaghetti cormorant. Um, what the hell is that? Um, there's another one that I saw. Oh, uh, that one. A rosette sucker for language, language or otherwise. Mm, I don't know what that is. But yeah, how many words do you want to say in total? This might be 150, maybe. Um, if, if you find across. this, if you find this on Kotaku, it is absolutely a not suitable for work list. But if um, you are interested and don't mind being, you know, offended and all, it's definitely an interesting list to check out. Basically, if if bad words get to you, this is not, not your list. <laughs> not, not the site to be looking at right now. But it's. It's very strange, but one that's going to be interesting is, what is a under... Quim? What is a quim? I, I couldn't answer that for you, but uh, there's even one that's like, my balls, one <laughs> word yeah. with a Z. M-Y-V-A-L-L-Z. My balls. Yes. Oh, the, can't most, say the most interesting one is that yes. God. God. God is on this list. God is on this list of, you know, questionable... I'm, what, what is this officially? A list of very naughty words in context. It seems to suggest that these words are these are words that should, should be, be avoided. avoided. But yeah, God is on this list. Yeah, God is really the only. I can yeah. see like it. It really depends on context. The uh, the context. Absolutely. Um, because you don't want like a Christian rock song like censoring God. Yeah, I mean they'll should be smart enough for that. It's not like they're gonna have. Um, I think our parents some, are home, so I'm going to shut the door. Yeah. Um, it's not like they're going to have someone, uh, I'm sorry, not a, like a machine, just listening for this word somehow and deleting every one they hear. But no, it'll have to be people actually listening to it, and thus they'll hear it in context. So this, that will probably be blown, is blown out of proportion, but... Guys, this, uh, I mean, you shouldn't be calling people pimple faces. I know, that's, that's very offensive. I mean, I... Yeah. Or even biatch. <laughs> There's the word slag here. I just think slagathor from Scrubs. <laughs> slag. All the, all the girls are going to be named Debbie. Oh, my name's Debbie. No, you're going to be called Slagathor. Was that from the new Scrubs? Uh, I don't... I'm not sure. No, I, I had Kelso. And Kelso oh. was the one that said that, so I'm assuming okay. not. Okay. So I'm going to say, like, it wasn't that funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... So yeah, now we've got th those are the gaming news for the week. It's, you know, it was a pretty big couple weeks as far as gaming uh, is concerned, or otherwise. But you know, let's talk briefly about you know recent releases. Oh, the article was called uh, "Rock Band's List of Very Naughty Words" or something like that. We just closed the article, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll you'll find it's got a big picture of God from uh, Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel painting. And uh, go to Kotaku for that. Kotaku.com. Best gaming blog ever. Yeah. So, recent releases, um, you know, from this past week, we got Mag for the PS3. Very big. Very Massive big. action game. Clever of them. But, uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's all online. 
just a straight up online shooter. Um, there are like three different um, factions you could choose to align yourself with at the beginning of the creation of your character. It's not like you can make a separate one to just try the other factions. You would have to delete your character or make a new PlayStation Network account just to try a different faction. Yeah, it's something that's bonded to your account. Right. Um, and, of course, you're going to level up your character and unlock different weapons and such to use, um, make new classes, um, and also, basically, its gameplay seems to be a mix of, like, a Call of Duty and Battlefield. And the fact that, like, you have your different classes that you can customize and all, but you can choose where you spawn, um, if you get shot down, you can, like, choose to bleed out, or you can have people come over and revive you. Because you do have a big team. Oh, Absolutely. So, um, it's going to be a lot of people jumping into different games. Um, I mean, you could be joining at the end of someone's game. It's not always, you know, new game, new game, new game. So, it's a lot of things going on in the background. And, uh, as we said, a lot of people playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we wanted, we put out a word on our Twitter and Facebook page, you know, if you had played Mag for the PlayStation 3, you know, send us your written or audio review, and if you want to do that for future games, if like a future game comes out and you want to review it, um, give us a, a written or an audio review and we'll either read it or, you know, we'll put it on the air for you. Uh, send it to smynshow at gmail.com and we'll definitely do that for you because some of these games we, we just can't play. Either we don't have a PS3 or like we just don't have the money for it or we just don't want to keep buying 360 games or yeah, It's just any not going to be that. worth it at the point. So... Oh, yeah, we got to mention that at the end of the show. Yeah. Thanks, Buzz. We'll write that down here, because <laughs> it is amazing. Um, anyway, No More Heroes 2 also came out. The great... Uh, I'm talking as I write. This is not working well. <laughs> kind of awkward, yeah. Um, anyway, so No More Heroes 2. Came out on the 26th as well, along with Mag and mm. a couple other awesome games. Um, basically, you know, your Travis Touchdown again. And one of your friends from the last game has been murdered. Ooh. And to, uh, to come back, you know, to take his revenge, he's got to, you know, climb his way back up the assassins list again. Um, and you got to kill 51 wow. people. I think you got to go, go through 51 people to take your place at the top of the assassins. I want to say that there were 20 in the first one. Okay. Not I because I, I oh ten all right hopefully it's not okay too much so of a rehash and just you know so ten to, over and over ten to fifty one that's like a, a big, oh, big expansion and um so and of course like you do have like the constant themes of you know of sex that just because Travis is a, a kinky dude and he's kind of like an otaku punk rock sort of kind of thing um and you know check it out it's it's gonna be an interesting game for sure I'll have to I'll have to give it a try. From what it, from what I hear, it, it seems like you don't have to have played the first one hmm. to appreciate the second one, which is it, it helps. Oh, absolutely. Not like you shouldn't play the first one anyway, but yeah. Um, so yeah, No More Heroes Two looks really good, and that's all I can say. It, it's tough to like talk about a game that like you haven't played yourself, and you only just hear a lot of things about. about. Yeah. But they have also like you know eight bit mini games which oh, right. you can make money off of. Gone are the uh, the tedious you know for the most part gone are like the tedious uh, you know yard work chores that they had in the first game okay. that was more of a 
see that you had to do this like stuff in the first game to make money, like whether it's like mow the lawn or other kind of things. That was just like a way to, you know, use the Wii remote in right. different ways. Just a little bit more. Although you still charge up. That's the best way. <laughs> charge you charge up with the Wii remote. Um, but yeah, if you like your your bloody decapitations and you know definitely a Japanese influenced and you mm-hmm. got some vulgar. Kind of thing. If you like that kind of thing, go check out No More Heroes 2. For the Wii! A mature game on the yeah, Wii. You totally just like flipped that around right there. Total opposite ends of the spectrum. But yeah. whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. Uh, so moving on, we're uh, going to be talking about Darksiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a multi-platform, um, 360 and PS3, I believe. Yep. Um, basically, it uh, you, are, you play as a horseman of the apocalypse. And basically, you get framed for basically the destruction and the the balance of like heaven and hell going out of balance, and uh, basically the destruction of humans, pretty much, which you know kind of sucks to be framed for. So you're trying to clear your name. Uh, as a result, uh, get into some huge battles. There's some puzzle solving and a whole bunch of things. Your name is War. Yeah, name's War. War. So if you can get past that part. It uh, could be an interesting game, but basically, if you're going to talk about the gameplay and describe it, could easily be summed up as a mix between God of War and The Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Pretty and, much. And the graphics kind of look like a better version of WoW, World of Warcraft. Kind of, yeah. Well, I'd say a little better than that, probably. But overall, I mean, it has its gameplay features, um, combat-wise, of um, God of War, um, you know, crazy combos, but forgiving controls, so you can easily string together these crazy, insane moves and take down these huge enemies um, with some really crazy action. But it does have its um, puzzle elements, where you, yes, go into a dungeon, you find um, some items, you'll fight, fight a boss. I think they even said that there's like a there's a boomerang, a hook shot, and some bombs in the game that, you know, kind of makes this sound a little familiar for Legend of Zelda. But, yeah, I mean, it at least pulls it together well, even though, like, it is a mix of, you know, it's not new material that they're mixing together, but it's at least good games that they're taking stuff from. This is true. I mean, you it could be worse, and, like, the only really gripes about the game is, you know, the graphics aren't spectacular, like, they could have put more into it, and, you know, it, it'll it just feel familiar, yeah. you know, and not like, you won't be, like, impressed with anything, but it's just, like, a different take on everything, and, you know, you got big boss battles. If you, if you're li- if you like that blend, if that blend sounds good to you, at least give it a rent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it does seem like a game to try out at some point, because it does seem to emulate those pretty well. I mean, not just graphically. Um, I hear play it on the 360 instead of the PS3, um, that there is not as much lag or so. I forget what they said for um, PS3. Um, I think there were, like, some loading times that were kind of weird that, like, didn't happen at all in 360. It was just more fluid um, on Xbox. So pick it up if you uh, if you got a shot. At least try it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the other game that we got to touch on, you know, that was from uh, from early in the year, like, around the 5th. And this one was as well. This is Bayonetta. As you know, Sega's latest solid outing, and solid is a good word for it. I would say so. Like they did a good job with this game. Um, Bayonetta is basically the story about a witch who is the last of her kind, and you know, there's another 
type of witch. I think Bane had she's an Umber witch. Yeah, she's one of the last of those. And uh, you know, she's got a uh, as you know, these, this game trailer review said, she's got a Danny DeVito like character named <laughs> Enzo side drags her around, and um, a Morpheus like character named Rodin. Yeah, I think, I think so. Who like that. Uh, who supplies her weapons and other demonic you know type things. But this is uh you know it was created by uh, Hideki Kamiya who was one of the driving forces behind Devil May Cry, I think. I think so. And it, it definitely looks like a Devil May Cry game, you know, ridiculous action all over the place Wait, over it, the top. Yeah. Like it it just looks like, you know, if if you're looking at this game for the first time, it's like I'm sorry, how are you doing that? And what is she doing? She's on her hands, and she's got guns in her legs, and the, she's spinning around. And, and shooting and at all these crazy angles and seeing everything. It, it was really ridiculous. And then, you know, her her suit, you know, comes undone and, you know, covers the appropriate places and turns into something. Like, her suit's made of hair or something. I don't know. It's... Can't make this stuff up. <laughs> you definitely can't make this stuff up. But um, you know, she, she's supposed to be like there. There was talks, you know, during the game's development of like, is she going to become the next like female sex, sex symbol, symbol, like yeah. a, a Lara Croft sort of thing? And while I don't think the game is going to catch on as much as Lara Croft is, it's definitely a solid, solid game. Like the, it's setting the standard right now for you know action in a game, just like over-the-top, off-the-wall action that's, you know, for the fluidity. And this was definitely a game that had a big difference between the 360 and the PS3. PS3 was, you know, dropping frames. It had loading times and all. But, you know, PS3 fans, don't worry. I'm going to make note of this, that they are very soon, uh, either it's already come out or very, very soon, they're coming out with a patch that'll fix these problems and also give it an install option. Oh, Like Metal Gear. So, they are patching the game for PS3. So, don't worry. But for right now, like, 360 is the superior game of the two. Um, even so much that, like, it's causing, like, a big difference in reviews. Like, a star out of five difference. Like, wow. Because it's that much of a difference. But, you know, it's it's Bayonetta, and yeah. she looks good. <laughs> yeah, but action-wise, it is on big enough of a scale. I mean, I don't want to compare it as much, you know, to Darksiders and, you know, God of War or Devil May Cry. But... Yeah, the enemies that you fight are on big enough of a scale that your camera will zoom out far enough so that you don't actually really notice her costume-changing thing. Oh, that's that, true. I mean, your enemies are so much bigger than you that it it's inconsequential. You'll be, you know, crawling all over big things. Not like Shadow of the Colossus. No, 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 go Because, <laughs> like, that's just too big. But, you know, it's that kind of deal. And if you like your, your crazy action, you like your Devil May Cry, and you like, uh... Find female vixens, then uh, go give Bayonetta a shot. Yeah, it's definitely a, uh, a big title lately that you do have to check out, despite it being Sega with their you know quick time event did, sequences. Did she have to collect rings though? I'm sorry. Did she have to really collect rings in a Sega game? Yeah, but you hit enemies and rings come out of them, not rings come out of you. So different. But it's rings. It is rings. It's rings for <laughs> FFS. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's see. We got to go to the top headlines. We got two big games that we got to talk about. And the first one. Oh no! I'm sorry. Really quick gaming news. That I just realized. Um, for those that care about Grand Theft Auto, 
you know, the episodes from Liberty, Liberty City, um, you know, Battle of Gay Tony and was the most recent one, and there was another one that was earlier. But those, you know, the DLC add-ons are very soon coming to the PS3 and PC. Oh, okay. So that's, you know, good that it's not just going to be a, a 360 exclusive. Thought I'd mention it. I haven't played Grand Theft Auto, but, you know, I know people who do care. But it's interesting that there are you know, add-ons that were exclusive that are now branching out. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this game is, you know, right now only on the Xbox 360 and PC. Okay. And um, probably won't be making any other moves, but it's... I- I've seen you play more from this franchise than, like, anybody I know, so... Yep. You, Mar... Uh, Sword Hunter. <laughs> Go on your tangent. Okay. Um, also, where do I begin? Of course, we are talking about Mass Effect 2. Um, there have been a whole bunch of trailers and um, you know, videos that have been put out recently. Um, even has some TV appearances. I think we were watching the uh, NFL um, Vikings and Saints game, and it got a pretty lengthy trailer um, to post on there. So um, it is a it's an amazingly huge, huge game, um, basing off um, of the original Mass Effect, which in its in itself was very massive, if you will. Yeah. Um, and effective. You could say that. Um, I've played Mass Effect maybe, like, six times, um, going, like, doing everything in the game, uh, probably going just over 25 hours each time, so there's a lot of um, material in that game. So he knows what he's talking about. So, yeah, I can... Um, though I might not come across it <laughs> sometimes that way. Um, but I am... Uh, I'm just shy of 20 hours so far in Mass Effect 2, and as I was saying earlier, I'm not sure if I've hit the halfway point yet. It is... There's a lot of time you can spend with this game, and it is worth it. Uh, They do push the uh, the story along pretty well. Um, There are certain times where you can't just go side quest, side quest, side quest, side quest. Um, They do work well with the pacing that they push things through well enough that uh, you do have to start this, you know, mandatory mission. So it's not just, you know, a an epic storyline and there's tension and, like, hey, you know, we're on this desperate mission and you can just, like, stall there forever. Okay, what's... For those that have not played Mass Effect before, what is... You know, try to keep spoilers to a minimum. What is okay. basically the premise of Mass Effect and how does Mass Effect 2 start? And, like, what's the overall story? Okay, um, we'll say with Mass Effect that um, humans have, uh, obviously, like, takes place in space. Um, we uh, know about the, the Citadel. It's a major galactic cultural and political center and all. So, I mean, there's a big community that we're now a part of. Um, a colony of ours was attacked um, by this race of machines that was thought to be, uh, you know, basically secluded. Um, so we're investigating why that happens. Um, there turns out to be this massive threat to the galaxy that basically your character, Commander Shepard, is uh, leading the charge for that uh, other people aren't really going to recognize. So you gather a team, and you have to basically deal with this huge problem yourself. Um, so a big uh, conclusion at the end of that game, um, and I don't know how to really go on with Mass Effect 2 without too many spoilers. Um, because even the beginning itself, I don't know if people have heard about that, is kind of spoilerish. 
But again, it's there the same tra- premise. There have been trailers or like images, I think, about... Okay, it. so yeah. um, there's a big, um, well-done intro series where basically you get attacked and Commander Shepard dies. Beginning of the game. And this is the character that, like, if you because ca- you can carry over your character from original the original Mass Effect, mm-hmm. although you couldn't because you were just too good. I don't know. I I just owned, yeah, and it didn't want me to upload my save. But yeah, you could create like any you know, any you know, facial you know. Ex- yeah, you, know, you can still you know create your face. I mean, in likeness of you or likeness of someone else if you want. Man or woman doesn't yep. matter which. Of course, still. Um, and y- yours looks like a pretty good faithful representation. I try. And, of course, uh, the number of times I've done it, they all turn out relatively the same. <laughs> so I yeah. you know, recreate that, like, four times. Um, but, I mean, that, that, of course, is very well done. Uh, of course, it wouldn't be much of a story if uh, you didn't come back and play as Commander Shepard, though it is controversial in the story, like, in the Mass Effect universe, of who revived you and who you're now working for. So course, there's going to be another uh, major um, threat to the galaxy, but just like humanity in this case. Um, oh, jeez. Oh, snap. We're going to save that for part of uh, one, one of the okay. mail time questions. Yeah, we'll see about that one. Um, Keep talking. So, yes, Commander Shepard has to uh, go around and collect all these badasses from around the galaxy and form a team to help him... Uh, combat this problem. Um, so you get to visit many different worlds, um, come across the different characters, very good voice acting, um, you know, facial expressions and all. I think they did the eyes really well. I mean, because if it was just, you know, people talking and they, you know, you can't really see it in their eyes, it kind of loses all the, the charm to it. Um, so they do a lot of things well, uh, many places to explore that are just, you know, off the beaten path but they're actually worth it. It's not just like, oh, you know, I'm just gathering minerals for no purpose. Uh, there are a number of, uh, a lot of time spent gathering minerals, like scanning a planet and mining, basically. Um, but you use all of your profits from this time spent to unlock and purchase new upgrades for your suit, your weapons, your fellow characters, your ship, which is going to be important apparently later on in the game. But um, it, it all ties together really well. In this game, they focused more on the combat instead of the RPG elements, um, which seem to be toned down a little bit, RPG elements. Um, there's basically, like, you stick with the same set of armor, um, you get your weapons slowly, you can't just easily change out all of these different weapons and gain all of these different, you know, accessories to it, you know, kind of ammo that you attach to it, like in Mass Effect 1. So it's really different in that sense. They decided to focus more on the combat. It's very well focused as a third-person shooter, though plenty of, you know, exploration and all. Um, so they use the cover system um, extensively, like, uh, like, think Gears of War, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's like the standard for third-person shooters nowadays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they do do it well. Basically. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oops, Buzz. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I've spent plenty of time with this game so far, and there's still a whole lot to go. Uh, tons of replayability. 
and I mean whether um, it's just to play the different side of it, whether you want to be a good guy or you know badass going renegade and saying all these crazy things. Mm -hmm. um, so you can play it that way. There are a number of different classes, of course, still. Um, different powers you want to have, whether you just want to go all soldier with guns and a few other powers, or if you want to go the the biotic and have these basically, you know, you have other people would say, like, you know, psychic telekinesis, these powers, like, you know, push stuff with your mind and yeah. throw people crazy, or uh, if you want to go tech abilities, like uh, um, unleash a, a drone to help uh, lure enemies out of cover, um, take out their shields, um, infect enemy AI to take control of them. There's so many different ways to play this game. So it's not just, you know, staying there for the story, which definitely helps, but it is a very engaging story that you can play so many different ways and unlock so many depths to it that you had no idea were there before. I think even my last playthrough of Mass Effect 1, which I said was like my sixth, I was still discovering new things about the game. That's like, I had no idea that that was there, or that you could do that, or different, you know, conversation paths that you can take. Mm -hmm. Many different um, characters to, you know, build relationships with, you know, whether, yeah. whether platonic or uh, serious, um, romantic. But, uh, yeah, the characters are very deep, you know, they still um, tell their own individual stories. You have to gain the loyalty of each of your characters, which will help in the long run uh, to help them and you stay alive. Um, so there are a number of different missions and character-focused missions that will seem to make those in your time worthwhile. Um, and this all climaxes to apparently this insanely epic finale, which I, of course, haven't reached yet. Um, and the interesting thing about this game is that if you do not play all this pre-game and middle game well, that Commander Shepard could die in Mass Effect 2. That's and interesting. And not be in Mass Effect 3. Which I don't know how they'll resolve that at all, because, you know, they already killed you once and brought you back once, so I don't and think they can do a that sequel. again. There is a sequel to the game. This yeah. is meant as a trilogy, Mass Effect. Oh, yes. There is going to be Mass Effect 3. It's already in production. So, the fact that your main character, who you played through now two games with, possibly 50 hours or more, is, you know, you invested all this emotional energy into and developed, he could die, like, for reals and, you know, not be in Mass Effect 3. Though I don't know how... As I, don't I, said, know how that would, I don't know how that would work. Yeah, but at least, I mean, puts it in perspective, and it's not like... You, there's something at stake... So it's not just like you can do you can go through whatever and everything's going to work out no matter what you do. No, it's not going to work out that way. You have to actually pay attention to what you're doing else in the game. So it makes it more of a risk to realize that you actually have something to lose. Not just like I'll get to the end of the game, that'll be that. Mm -hmm. It's like no, it's it's all important. There is no speedruns in Mass Effect. No, no, there is not because it's not going to be worth it in the long run. It's just not going to work out. Not that, that kind of game. Absolutely not. So, be glad more to talk about it more in uh, another forum. But but yeah, people, you know, time. this this game is getting you know, between nine point five and ten on many, you know, many 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 video game sites, and it's definitely worth it. 
I do recommend, however, um, playing Mass Effect 1 first. Um, they say you don't have to. Um, as I said, we could, you know, could import your Mass Effect 1 character, but since for some reason I couldn't, I didn't for this one. But they still, they emulate all the choices that you had to make in the first game. So basically it does it by random, so it's not like you're missing it there. They do catch you up pretty well with the story, but there are so many illusions mm -hmm. to yeah. it that basically, you know, after the opening sequence, it takes place two years later. So, like, you're dead for two years. So, it's very nostalgic to the first game. So many different characters and events and uh, stuff come back, and as I was just finding out today, it's not just the main characters that come back, but, like, side quest characters that you talk to and had minor dealings with, come back in the second game. So, they're like, oh, I thought you were dead. What kind of thing. Or just, you know, uh, you would pass by, you know, without playing Mass Effect 1, it's just like, oh, it's just this random character. But if you played Mass Effect 1, it's like, oh, no way, it's them. That, you know, I, I, I did that, what they were talking about there. So, it's, they do a good job in going full circle with this, and actually, they're not just all these random characters that you have one-time dealings with. They do come around for you. Bioware does a good job in their RPGs, and, you know, it definitely shows here. Your so, <laughs> my turn to talk, and it's not going to be that great, to be honest, about Tatsunoko vs. Capcom. The spiritual successor to the Marvel vs. Capcom 2, uh, you know, which is hugely, ridiculously popular. And that's still an understatement. And, you know, we could get Cyberlink 420 to come on a future episode and, you know, talk more about TVC, because this scene, like, it'll, you know, sure, it'll, it'll grow. Like, oh, absolutely. This, this is a game that, like, already had its following with the Japanese version, and now with an improved game with more characters, a better balance, which makes a lot of difference, as anyone would tell you in Brawl, if you get, like, a, a balance-patched game... It'd make, like, the biggest difference. And, oh my goodness, Cyberlink is, like, flooding the Stickam chat. Um, he says that balanced gameplay really makes a difference because characters fall faster. Some of the air combos uh, that he used in the Japanese version are not nearly as effective. Which is true. And, um, so let's see. What can I talk about about TVC? It is, like, in many ways, it is like your typical 2D fighter. Which, if you have not played before is very difficult to get into. I was trying to get you to play. Yes, and I was not very good. At um, all. But yeah, like, it's... You definitely have your, um, your Hadoukens and your Shoryuken, you know, attack patterns and the reverse of those and even, like, you know, half circles, half circle yep. downs and even... There's some with, like, you know, that are full circles and, like, you've got Chun-Li who's got, you know, her, like, some charges. Some characters have charges. Uh, like, you know, spinning bird kick, charge down, and then up and attack. But it's very, you know, let's see, you have, like, Street Fighter Four, which has light punch, heavy punch, no, light punch, medium punch, heavy punch, light kick, heavy kick, medium kick. TVC is just light, medium, heavy, and then you have your support. And since it's, it's uh, battles of, you know, two teams of two going at it, um, you have, you know, you can press the support button where they just come in for, like, a a support, and then they go back, and after a little bit, it's, assist, okay. <laughs> um, or you can just, you know, swap out. And there are a lot of things, just like, you know, 
I haven't figured, like, little things that they just add to, you know, the basic 2D uh, fighter experience that I haven't really figured out yet, but they actually exist. Like, Baroques, where, you know, there's, when you take damage, there's, like, a certain amount where if you swap out, you can recover that damage. Right. But, like, uh, when you activate Baroque, it, you know, kind of, like, eliminates that, but you can continue a combo longer than you usually would be able to. Interesting. It, like, gives you, you know, you know special abilities in a, way, in a strange way. Yeah, kind of. And also there is a, uh, a Mega Burst sort of option where, like, if you're caught in a, a combo, um, you can... Uh, be, it's, it's almost like a DBZ kind of thing. You're just like, ah, and, like, you know, this big, you know, burst of energy, like, you know, stops the combo in essence. Yeah. And, or I think I actually call it Mega Crash. Something like that, um, where it takes up two of your specials and a little bit of health. But, like, to break up the combo just might be worth it. Um, but, yeah. To so stop combos, basically. Mm-hmm. So, if you're getting owned to... Yeah, and Cyberlink, Cyberlink says that, you know, Baroque, it does more damage depending on how much you sacrifice okay, of, your, of your red life that yeah. could be uh, revitalized. But, um, yeah, um, Major Modus just took, like, my next point. Yep, you talked about this earlier. The main thing that, uh, you know, a Capcom higher-up is talking about, that if Tatsunoko versus Capcom does really well sales-wise in America, they plan to announce the next versus title later this year. Right. So, of course, they've been taking, you know, you know, topics earlier... Uh, not topics isn't the right word. They had a poll earlier where, um, you know, you, people could do suggestions on, like, what would you like to see in a versus Capcom kind of game or whatever. And, um, you know, there were different options. Like, people talk about, like, Nintendo versus Capcom would be an interesting... I don't think so, because we that, already like, have, like, Nintendo versus Nintendo with Smash. Yeah. So, like, we already have mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But Capcom should know that, like, the greatest, 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 you know, game that they could make, and the one that would make, sell the most copies in America, and it would do splendidly, is a Shonen Jump versus Capcom game. Absolutely. Because, but the problem is that, like, Cyberlink is just now pointing out, the licensing would be so difficult. Okay. It, it, it really would be. Like, yeah. just, because they're all the different franchises and all that. And, I was actually talking with, uh, you know, one of my friends about it, um, that it's not just... What did he say? He's like, you know, so what is part of Shonen Jump? Like, you know, what is what is Shonen Jump exactly? And I think people think more of the anime. Like, if you think about, like, One Piece, as opposed to Naruto and Bleach, those are different anime production companies. Right. Yet they're still Shonen Jump, because oh. Shonen Jump is the manga. Yeah, like the manga has you know the main rights to like these franchises, and then they you know give them to the anime companies. Like One Piece had four kids, and now is with Funimation. Yu Yu Hakusho is with Funimation, was with Funimation, but they're still Shonen Jump. Naruto and Bleach are Viz Media, but they're still Shonen Jump. Right. So like, and of course, Yu Gi Oh is Yo, goddamn okay. four kids. Okay. But, but like, still it's jump. still Shonen Jump. Yeah, no matter how you slice it. Like, Jump Ultimate Stars was, like, an amazing game because of all these Shonen Jump things. And, like, if it could be done there, you never know. 
I mean, there is like possibilities for Marvel vs. Capcom 3. People would love that game. But the audience that Shonen Jump reaches in today, like the video game culture and like the anime culture are like closely intertwined. More intertwined than most people would realize. Because like most people would know Shonen Jump. Yeah, right. Even like DBZ. Or maybe as, if they as, don't know. DBZ has Shonen Jump ties. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe if they don't know the name Shonen Jump, which yes, is maybe a bit of a stretch, right. they know what is. I mean, they know yeah. the different franchises. They absolutely that is a part do. Of. Yeah. And uh, definitely more than Tatsunoko, which is, you know, 1970s Japanese anime that, you know. But that's makes... why the licenses didn't matter as much, is because it was so old and, you know, they were able to bring it over. But they still had to do the licensing for the Japanese game. Yeah. Like, and and sure, it's a difference that it's, you know, one big anime production company. But, yeah, Shonen Jump would be more difficult to pull off than Tatsunoko, no question. But it would still sell more copies. And I think if, you know, Shonen Jump realizes that, you need to get behind that. Yeah. If, you know, versus Capcom is, you know, it's a big enough franchise that they should know that there's a business opportunity there. Mm-hmm. So we can we can hope, but you know there are plenty of roadblocks in the way it seems. Yeah. So I still have a lot to learn about Tatsunoko versus Capcom. You know, getting back to that actual game oh, yeah, itself. Um, you know, you I, I still have a lot to learn about it. I you've only unlocked the Capcom characters, uh, Frank West and Zero, which means I've only beaten Arcade six times. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, I still have to like delve into like you know some of the Tatsunoko characters as well. If people want to know, like, you know, what my best team is, it might be Morrigan and Batsu. Yeah, you use that against me a few times. Yeah. Because, like, no. you know, Morrigan, I, I, do, I do pretty well with Morrigan. Like, yeah, he definitely has, has potential. And, and Batsu, like, Panda Panda played a Joe and Batsu in the Japanese oh. version, and he loved it. <laughs> um, Link's but, voice actor doesn't hurt either. Yeah, that's true. Link's voice actor as Batsu is is a definite definite plus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you now we can definitely touch more on the game the next time we have Cyberlink as a guest. Um, I'm sure we can spend a long, long, long time talking about it. But I've only played the game for a few days, and I'm having a blast with it. It's you know definitely it's far more user you know new player friendly than Street Fighter Four is by every stretch of the imagination. Street Fighter 4 is very challenging to get into, despite the fact that they said, like, oh, well, it'll be easy for, like, you know, for people to pick up on. But, yeah. Having three buttons instead of, you know, plenty Mm -hmm. more. Yeah. And while they did add Wi-Fi, it should be noted that it's like Brawl. (laughs) It's it's dependent on your connection speed and, you know, connection distance, so it has the possibility to be close to frameless yeah. but it, it has its problems right. according to Cyberlink once again um, so yeah, they got a lot of different characters and it's, it's, it's fun to even just play even if you don't know the characters because you learn something new every day and the friend codes are the, the Wii system number Oh, so that's a good step in that the right. Nice. That's a good step in the right direction. That's what it should be. Damn it! <laughs> we should have spoken about that earlier. That's an important fact. Um, so let's go and talk about mail time questions. Um, kind of getting mail. close to our uh, our recommended length of podcast, but let's see here. First mail time question comes from Cyberlink420. That that crazy guy. Wow, that crazy guy. Ah. Well, no way. Interesting question here. What is the craziest 
or most bizarre thing you've done for a video game? To get your hands on one while playing one, or in the anticipation of one. And I think we already said uh, not and not talking about yeah, show me your news. Do, doing out. a podcast for thirty five straight weeks and about a game is unfortunately not count. an option. Yeah. Although it would be a very good answer. Oh. Uh, what indeed. Nothing really to get my hands on one. I'm pretty patient when it comes to waiting, except for Brawl, and then I do something crazy. But otherwise, like, I think, you know, Cyberlink mostly asked this question, because, like, he was going out to different stores all over the place, trying to see if they could, like, you know, give him a TVC early, right. and, you know, to break the street date. And, like, I would not do something like that. I think that's just, I don't like driving as much as I, you know, more than I need to, first of all. Yeah. Um, but, like... I, that's just not really something I would Pushing do. Pushing your luck, yeah. Although we, we did kind of do that for... We kind of thought for Brawl, like, would there be a place that would sell it online? I don't know. Um, while playing one? Huh. Um, yeah, not not really too sure. Um, yeah, I don't want to oh, say... Oh, I think I have an idea. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Last year, it was almost exactly a year ago, um... There was Metal Gear Solid 4 that still had yet to be played. And I had I had played it through one time and um you know, had my brother Sword Hunter here come out. No with, way. No way. <laughs> I hate you, you just took my story. <laughs> it was the exact story I was just gonna tell. But okay, continue. The spacious you know, senses are documented on Oh my god. For all to hear too well. I'm sorry, we do this far too often than we should. We have a, a mental connection, Link, basically. <laughs> but yeah, this this can basically be our, our joint answer. So I played Metal Gear Solid 4, and so and you know, I told my brother here, you know, we should you should come out to Ann Arbor. Um, you know, and then uh, Epic are going to be off out at um, a tournament, a Smash tournament. So we're going to have the apartment to yourself, and uh, yeah, we just. Spent an entire weekend just playing through Metal Gear Solid 4 straight through. It was pretty much just like just an entire day. Yeah, pretty much a day. I mean, like, small, like, five-minute breaks for, you know, we, we Doritos, did. chips, and Mountain Dew, mm -hmm. basically, and just... Did yeah. that, like, a few hours the first night, went to bed, and then, like, spent all of the second day, day yeah. going through it. And that's... Loading times, but... <laughs> install times. Yeah, so Metal Gear Solid 4, going through, like, spending an entire day... Playing it, that's that's pretty much what I've done. Um, of course, I could, you know, say, playing-wise, um, I've obviously spent the most time, like, in a setting, playing Mass Effect. Um, for the 360, it's, you know, it's much more comfortable, you know, to play it in that setting. It's a very, actually, um, laid-back game, I want to say. Mm -hmm. Um... Because of all the side quests and such, it doesn't need a whole bunch of your attention. So, I almost want to say that, yeah, I've spent at least, like, eight hours in a day playing. Maybe, almost, like, straight. You've done that also with Metroid Prime. Oh, yeah. We did that, like, in an I did play all of Metroid Prime in straight through. But, yeah, that was, like, that was around eight hours, too. Yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, getting a game, I mean, I haven't really done so much that's, you know, out of... You know, the question basically is... You had your Christmas was, present basically be Mass Effect 2 pre-order. Well, yeah, so I just basically got my Christmas present, well, like, less than a week ago. But, um, I would say, actually, Brawl, um, you know, the, uh, the actual release date, 
at GameStop when they had the tournament there. They did a weird thing where um, if you weren't in the tournament, they got to like maybe like top ten or whatever, you had to wait outside the store. Problem with that is that freaking cold. It's winter here in Michigan, so yes, I was freezing my ass off. Like I only had you know one pair of socks on, and my feet were absolutely freezing. I did. I was like third in line, but you know by the time I got my copy and went out to my car and, you know, was able to, like, to sit down in my car, and I was actually on the phone with someone who was, uh, I was calling Evan, because he was over at the Best Buy that was right over there, so, I mean, like, you know, a few hundred feet away, and, like, I was, like, shaking uncontrollably, but now that I was finally in, you know, in normal atmosphere instead of being out in the cold, so, waiting out in the cold too long to get brawl, that's probably the worst for me, but, whatever, you know, um, that's how it goes. And that's what we get for living in this yeah. state. Yeah. Other question from Kirby Chu. If you could choose one action RPG video game franchise to make an MMO iteration out of, which would it be? And I think the clear answer Absolutely. is Pokemon. Yes. We've talked Without about it before. We've postulated on what a Pokemon MMO or, like, an expansive sort of Pokemon game would be now. Would be, and, like, it is Pokemon. And, like, you know, Buzz earlier found a link to a, uh, you know, a post that, like, Pokemon you know, MMO leak. It would be, would be coming to Blizzard. Like, Blizzard would be making the next Pokemon no MMO. Way. Except this article was written on April 1st, 2009. Yeah, slight problem there. Sorry, Internet! Um... So exploded for nothing. But yeah, Pokemon is the obvious answer. Oh yeah. But what else would could be done? I mean, there's like the Mario RTS idea that Shinobi yeah. News has come up with. Um, Zelda has weird possibilities. <laughs> with like whether you could be a, you know a Goron or a Zora. And I, all I don't think that just would work. I mean, it's nah. I don't really see that one panning out so much as maybe like Mushroom Kingdom or anything like that. I don't think Zelda has as much backing for it, personally, but I just don't see it happening as much. But an MMO, like, I guess I'm at a disadvantage because I haven't played really MMOs. Yeah, it's just not a, a style of game. Because, you know, World of Warcraft, nope, not my thing. Never, 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 never <laughs> going to touch it. Not going to happen. Um, But, yeah, like, what options would there be? Because, like, Pokemon is the obvious answer. Yeah, that's what we have to go with. So, and no. <laughs> just, just, just no. <laughs> Gonna stop it right there. It's no Pokemon. MMOs. There should be no, there should be no growth of NA, any MMOs. What, yeah. what would a Met- Metroid one be like? Would Metroid oh be a, okay for, a, a, like, a, an MMO? Um, Bounty Hunters and all that? Ugh. Um, I don't think so. Um, because they don't, I guess, expand so much on actual whole bounty hunting. I mean, with with corruption, they at least introduced more bounty hunters that they spoke of. But it's still, and not just you know shooting elements. But there's not so much. I don't want to say backstory to the bounty hunting part of it. I mean, there's and a lot of things in the universe overall in the Metroid universe. But I wouldn't say there's. I don't think there's much to actually build a a game around it. They would have to invent things to do. It's not just, you know, things that are clearly Metroid style. So, I I don't think it's 
deep enough for, I mean, I don't want to say it's not you know, deep, but uh, in terms of being able to build your character doing things and leveling up, it's just, that's not what Metroid's about. Mm-hmm. As, you know, people are saying, it's about isolation and, you know, discovery and exploring, not, you know... And quests! And not, yeah, it's like, it, it just doesn't have it. I don't think it's... There's not so much Nintendo that would really back it, I don't think. I mean, it, they're, they're pretty focused. They already did a Halo RTS with Halo Wars. Yeah. Um, but that was already, like, military style, so, I mean, going into RTS is easy. Oh, I thought you were already going to say it was a terrible idea, because it <laughs> it's was. It's quite possible, but yeah. Halo Wars just, like, was bad, bad, bad. Bad idea. But it was Halo, so it still sold a little bit. But I think we just got to stop it there. Pokemon, we're just yeah, too far off. Yeah, Pokemon is just like far and away the best possibility. Yeah. Making a party and actually facing live people to talk to. Just for the Wii. Live gym leaders that can you can usurp, usurp them. And like you can be the gym leader. And... Ah! There's... So many possibilities. God damn it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, another thing we just recently noticed was um, the Metroid Other M website that just launched. The Japanese one, yeah. Japanese one, Metroid.jp. Um, there's actually not so much on it right now. I mean, there's a, a picture of Samus standing out, you know, looking out on the, the horizon kind of thing from not the building. Not in her suit. Not in her suit, yeah, but from the, uh, from the trailer. So it was almost like a screenshot, but um, there's a there's a nice piano uh, song in the background that you know I, I'm a sucker for you know solo piano sad sounding songs that you know have, they have to be attached to something to really make it meaningful. It's not just like okay that's, that's a true. sad song, but there's a reason why you're emotionally engaged in that song. So I mean. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good song, but there's not so much on the site yet. So it's still a little too early to tell, but it's going to be a big game, and I guess it's worth noting that site launched. And, uh, you know, Nintendo mentioned or put it on a list of you know future releases. It's supposed to have a summer 2010 release. So not necessarily going to be a, a uh, holiday title, as first thought. Right. Hey, if they can, you know, polish it up and make it great, all the more power to them. Save the Zelda Wii game for the holiday. Absolutely. Make that perfect, Reggie. <laughs> oh, um, you know they will, though. You know they will. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Super asked if we've played Borderlands yet. Simple answer is we haven't. But, like, no. it's it's up there on the list if I had money for 360 games. It would be possible one to check out. Yeah. But, you know, my time is spent otherwhere. Otherwhere? Yes. Other. It's not... News not... new show me news word right there. I don't know. Okay. My time is spent otherwhere. <laughs> yes. Not to be confused with underwear. Definitely not underwear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, now I'm also looking forward to um, Super Street Fighter 4 in March. Yeah. I know it's it's not like the biggest you know, upgrade, but like there are significant you know incre- improvements to that. And sure. Um, Games in the future that are going to be coming out, there's not really a lot. Like, I can't even think of what's coming out in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Much less, like, in the future. 
How about we like look that up right now? What can we um say? But no, Borderlands like looks really fun. Oh, we gotta type in our keyboard, so <sighs> Mario Galaxy two is, you know, at the end of the year. Um so like that's Do stick in quickly. That's still a ways away. Uh search like Final. upcoming game releases. Oh, that's right. Bioshock 2. Ooh. That's I got most I got most of the way through Bioshock 1 before I had to reformat my computer. So I have to go through that again. Which yeah. is not a bad thing because it was a good game. Absolutely. So, I'm going to have fun doing that. Um Halo Reach eventually will be interesting. But that's not for a while. Mm. Um Dante's Inferno, I think they're just trying to push too hard. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've heard like a little about it. It looks pretty good. But, um, I don't know. We'll see if we need to um, pick that up. Dark Void. Oh, yeah, that Dark Void game where you can fly around and it's a Capcom game. And um, Did that look any any good at all? Eh, it, it looked. <laughs> it looked. Okay. Yeah. Um, Star Trek Online is coming out. Yeah. I might need to try that out sometime. Yeah, yeah. Um, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! World Championship! Of course! There's got to be another game out of that. So, yeah, Bioshock 2. Yeah, Bioshock 2 is the big one. Another Star Ocean. I had no idea there's another Super Monkey Ball game coming out. No way! On the 9th. Sweet. Hmm. SOCOM. And, yeah, Sega Racing. Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. Murder, she wrote. Oh, no way. Uh, MLB 10, the show, is looking pretty good if you like your baseball games. Battlefield Bad Company 2. That's another one. Oh, of course, yeah, Final Fantasy 13. 13. But right now you're reaching, you know, early March, um, mid-March, which would be hard gold, soul, silver. Snap. And God of War 3. March is going to be a freaking great month for gaming. Because then Assassin's Creed 2? For PC. For PC, okay. So, I wish Lego, I Because Lego Harry Potter... Oh, totally. Snap. And Red shit. Steel 2. There we go. Oh, my goodness. March. Wow. You know, forget about February. February's going to have Bioshock, but, like, March has everything. That's going to be fun times. Fun times. Crisis even, 2? Even, what? Even Crisis 2. I didn't hear so much about Crisis 2. Ooh, I might have to do And that. now we're getting into Q1 stuff, but yeah. Yeah, so it's not worth it now, but... Fun, wow. fun, fun, fun. Wow. So, I am home because my birthday is in a little bit over a week. Yeah, somewhere or other. Day after the Super Bowl, and so I'm not going to be spending Super Bowl weekend here at home, so I think we've got to start wrapping this up, and parents get to... Spend Celeb- some time with you. Yeah, and celebrate my birthday and all that, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So, su- uh, Super Bowl. We're gonna wrap this up. Super Bowl. Who okay. you got? I I can't go wrong by the Colts. I mean, I like what the Saints have done all year. Um, that they've you know, really rebuilt their franchise, uh, getting the Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history. Um, correct. Mm-hmm. But I mean. Colts have been great for a while. They, you know, but they just recently like revitalized their offense in this off season. Um, that they did really well this past game, and they just have their rhythm down. And it's going to be pretty tough to stop them. I think. Mm-hmm. So I go Colts. 
The Colts are my boys. You. I tell everyone that I'm going to be wearing my Colts shirt. I'm going to be wearing my Colts hat during this big party we're going to be throwing at my apartment. And Peyton Manning is, in a, in a word, a man crush. Not going to lie, like, I have the greatest respect for Peyton Manning. However, I think, I think that the Saints are going to win. Yeah. I think they, like, again, like, if I was a betting man, I'd put, I'd put money on the Colts. But, like, there's just something about the Saints and, you know, what, it would, it'd make the best story if they won. Agreed. And so I'm going to say that the Saints will win, but I really want the Colts to win because they're my team. So that's our thought on this. What we gotta say about the Super Bowl and then the Olympics. Oh man! Holy crap! Looking forward to the Olympics. We're not gonna touch on that so much right now (laughs) because that'd be not about video games. Um, so thank you for listening to episode 55 of Show Me Your News. We're sorry that it's just brotherly rants, and then they're like, "Oh well, we can't tell your voices apart." Just gonna say, which is ridiculous because, like, I know our voices sound close, but there are differences. Just try, people. Try. It's not that difficult. Close your eyes and hear the difference. And no, we're not going to be going back to WTFP anytime soon. Oh, no, it's just not going to happen. It's... <laughs> we'll say too busy. We'll go with that one. Sure, we will say we're, we're too busy. So with that, I am Yoko. I'm Sword Hunter. And we're out. Peace. You're seriously adding it? So his mail time question was something really weird. Like, you're gonna. If you, did you read these? Uh, yeah, I think I read most of them. What do a chicken and the number five have in common? I almost sound like Roz from Monsters, Inc. Hey! Quite the stretch there. Um, 42? Mmm. A chicken would be like, hey, you're looking mighty fine if the chicken could talk. And fine sounds like the number five. And five is... Not how many prongs, not even prong, talons, no. Things it has on its foot. I would go with talons probably, actually. But talons are like a falcon, and a falcon is not a chicken. Oh, yeah. And if a falcon was like a chicken, it would be like, punch! Get it? Because it's like Captain Chicken. I'm scared now. That is the answer to what a chicken and the number five 
have in common? Captain Chicken. Captain Chicken.